Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, and welcome into the show. My name is Jim Martin. I'm joined by Greg and Brad. We are excited to be here today. We've got a great show lined up. You know, we've got a um, a Facebook group where you're welcome to join. It's uh, the FA Edge community right on Facebook. Just type that in. It's uh, it's free to join. And we've got, I don't know, four or 500 members now. Uh, people share questions, thoughts, comments all the time. It's iron sharpens iron. And we've gotten a lot of questions, whether it's through that or through email that we thought we'd cover on today's show. So excited to do that. But before we get started, hey, uh, one of the best ways, if you find value in this show, we really appreciate five-star reviews. We like four star reviews, kind of, and we don't want to hear about three, two, or one star. So don't give us those. So, hey, look, if you find some value in the show, please leave us a five star review. Tell your friends about it. We are uh, we're having a lot of fun doing this, and love to get that feedback. Um, but yeah, let's just kind of jump right into the topic today. Greg has been compiling these questions as they come in, and um, I- I'm fascinated by the questions people ask Greg. So, what's the first question today? Yeah, and if you're curious where these people are uh, submitting the questions, thefaedge.com, uh, at the very bottom, it'll say, ask the guys a question. You just type your name and your question, hit submit, and that's what we're talking about on today, um, on today's episode. So uh, the, the first question, and, I, and I'm gonna, not going to give names for uh, privacy, but starting out independent. So somebody was very curious and interested about starting out independent and overcoming people's hesitation about not having a brand name behind you, like an Edward Jones, Merrill Lynch, that's, you know, recognizable. So how do you overcome that if, you know, let's say you have a ABC investment company or wealth management or whatever it is, and and you don't have a big box name on the front door, how do you overcome people's of, of course, you know, the brand recognition that that um, there, there's definitely some benefits to that. Uh, so let's talk about that, guys. I don't think that this. Uh, so I hear advice. This is one of those subjects that only advisors talk about. I don't think I've gotten this question more than I mean, I'll say five to give myself some leeway, but I don't get this question. I've never worked at a wirehouse. I, I just don't get this question. I, I think we worry about it more than clients do. And if I did, um, you know, let's face it, most independents, like, you know, if you're at LPL or you're at, um, you know, Raymond James, then you do have a brand behind you that's big enough that you could pretty easily point to and be like, hey, have you ever watched a Buccaneers game? <laughs> you know, uh, but for even smaller indies that, you know, that aren't even self-clearing, you know, let's face it, everybody's either at NFS or Pershing, you know, you just explain it to them if it came up. That's what I would do. You know, well, here's where your money's held. You know, if you do if you do business directly at American Funds or your know, Prudential or whoever, explain that. You know, whatever you're talking about. Oh, if you're if your small broker dealer clears through NFS, like, oh, that's cool. That's just a division of fidelity. Have you ever heard of them? I bet you have. So, but I, I really think that this is a minor one, guys. That we you hear advisors talk about all the time. I've heard advisors mention it uh, dozens of times in my career, but I've never gotten it from a client. How about you guys? 
I feel like it's head trash, just like you referred yeah. to. I, I think it's I think it's in the mind. Look, I started um I was at Edward Jones for about two and a half years and left. And um, you know, if anybody's familiar with their model, it's when you start, they teach you how to door knock. I started uh with zero assets and uh I had to had to knock my way to success, if you will. And I, I knocked on hundreds of doors, and the amount of people that actually knew who who Edward Jones was 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 very small, right? Like they yeah. just did not have any concept of who they were. So yeah, I, I, no, that's not always true. Of course, like there are some people, and there are. Look, look let's be honest. There are there are clients out there who have to work with a brand. I, I've met them in my life. Like I've lost accounts uh, or lost opportunities to you know Morgan or a Merrill uh, because in their mind they want they want somebody with a bigger team than me. But it's you know that's like that's such a small percentage. I, I just think it's I think it's stuck in your head. You know, Greg, you started right out as an independent. You this is kind of a question that's. It's probably near and dear to your heart. How do you handle it? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. I have just like Jim. I mean, I over the years, um, I, man, I can count on one hand the the the, um, the amount of prospective clients that I have, you know, potentially lost because they wanted to go with a, a bigger, you know, a bigger team. Either they wanted a ton of people in the office, um, and you know, I, I had somebody the other day that that you know mentioned that oh your your team's you know four people in your office. She goes, I you know I'd like if you if you guys had you know thirty people you know in the office and were a, associated with a big bank or something like that. And I said, well, that's that it's just personal preference. I said some people want to want to work with small businesses and support small businesses, and other people's are you know <laughs> they're different. So I kind of turn it the other way, like hey, I I like supporting small businesses in our community. So uh, that's just who I am. Um, but yeah, it is head trash. It's I, I thought this in the beginning, like, you know, starting off independent and, and building, you know, building my brand name. That's the benefit. I, I'd rather I, I think that's more beneficial than than being associated with a, a big brand name. But um, but certainly I, I think I think that association, you know, for those people that are captive, I, I think it it kind of does give them confidence, if you will. Um, you know, now whether that's warranted or not, it, well, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, but but it's not going to hold you back. Put it that way. The amount of clients that are going to object to to working with somebody who is who is independent that is with a a, a smaller firm that they haven't heard of is going to be minute. So, I've got listen, one, one, I, I got one caveat there. The only caveat I would add, and I was just thinking about it as we we're there, is that if you are an independent with a small firm, you know your your office and where you're out and how you dress and all these things does matter. Sure. And, and if you've got like some rinky dink office, you know, in a uh, in a basement of a building somewhere, that that's not going to let people or allow people to perceive success. So I, I think it. I don't. I think the the idea that a firm matters is completely irrelevant. Like it, it just doesn't. I think to Brad's point, yeah. NFS or Pershing or whoever, that's who you're custodian and clearing through. But all of the other things that go into it, uh, you know, if you're going to be a small independent firm, act like a big firm. You know, have a nice logo, have a great website, have all the alt marketing materials, have a great office. Uh, have somebody answer your phone, even if it's a virtual assistant. You, you need that. That's that's <laughs> more in the way than other things. You don't have to be a big business, but you do have to appear to be a real business. That, well said. Yep. Well said. Yep. Wow. All right. <laughs> All right. I like it. All right. Well, we're going to end there on that question. Hope that answers it for you. Uh, and let's, Greg, you got some more. So let's go to the next question. I do. The, um, 
The next question was about, uh, you know, kind of our, our our coaching community that that we're starting. It was, you know, somebody that was interested, and and we had, uh, we're actually going through the process of rebranding. So, guys, uh, we'll we'll get into that. I'll let you kind of uh, explain that in a second. But somebody was wanting to know if we're going to be offering a free trial for our uh, coaching community, like a a free monthly trial. You know, I, I, we, when we first launched this idea, we called it the Century Club because in our our mind, we thought, you know, everybody wanted to be at $100 million because that was sort of each of our goals when we were starting. And the Century Club kind of had a nice ring to it. It sounded cool. Uh, but we've realized as we've done a lot of coaching over the last year that not everybody has that singular goal. A lot of people just want to be elite advisors. So we are going through this rebranding right now, and our coaching program is not centered on getting you to $100 million unless that is your goal, but it's about forging elite advisors. So we're rebranding our our, uh, our group coaching to the Elite Advisor Lab, where you know our goal is to help people become elite advisors. And you know one of the things that I've always hated in the business, whether it's signing up for financial planning software or a lead program or a coaching program, is when somebody sticks me in there and they make me commit to a year without even demoing anything or seeing it or being able to put my hands on it. So absolutely, look, when when you join uh, the Elite Advisor Lab, you get 30 days free. If, if at the end of 30 days, you want to cancel it, you walk away, you don't pay a dime, like legitimately not one penny. It's really cool. So yes, the answer to the question is absolutely 100%. If you don't like what we have to do, you get 30 days, you can back right out. And uh, you can move on. So test drive it. What's it, you know, what does it cost you? Nothing. It's a, it's a pretty cool way to like connect and interact with us and, and take a look. What do you, Brad, you, you have any thoughts on that? Any uh, final thoughts on it? No, I mean, I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want anybody's money that doesn't think that they're getting value. So yeah. <laughs> certainly not. Uh, the only question I have is like, you know, if you, if you have the, the free month, you're going to get knowledge, like, and then if you don't stay in, like, how do you return the knowledge? Do I have to take people to, like, Baltimore with me and go to that that bar again and and wipe the knowledge from your memory with, with some good Kentucky bourbon? Because I can do that if you guys want. No, you know, I, I think you're, I think, <laughs> look, if you want to use this for a month and come in and get what is in the Century Club. You know, that's on you. I think we don't really care. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. We each of us are running hyper successful businesses. Like you can do the math it, like $275 a month divided three ways. None of us are getting rich at this. We're, you know, we're doing this because, you know, our time has value and we want to give something back and we need to make this self-supporting if we're going to commit our time to it. But it, this is not some get rich scheme for us where we're going to sell our practices and become professional coaches. Like that is not what we're about. But I tell you what, I, I get a huge kick out of like helping people get better. Like I, yeah. I, I really like it. I really, I enjoy it a lot. I don't know. Greg, do you feel the same way? Yeah. I, I wish something like this, like what we're trying to, you know, put together, you know, the, the three of us um, was available when I was starting out. Right. I mean, I, there was nothing like, like, like this. So, uh, elite advisor lab is, is kind of what we've all decided and come to a conclusion as far as the rebranding. So we're going to update the website. We're going to make that available guys. What was the, what was the launch date we're going to shoot for, uh, for that, that free monthly trial. Now it doesn't, you can sign up at any time, but we're going to make that, um, that free monthly trial starting. What was the date we said again? I think May we're 15th. shooting for yeah May 15th. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. But Jim, as you were talking, I, I and anyone I've spoken to about what was the Century Club, I already let a lot of cats out of the bag in explaining like why we're charging. And I was like, I guess you know, for, no harm for the listeners. Like, you know, the podcast is edited on Fiverr, <laughs> right? Like we and and just like Jim alluded to, like we can't we can't be spending like 40 hours a week doing this so we need to bring on a little bit of help and infrastructure support to streamline some of this so there's your explanation not none of us are going to the ritz carlton and ferraris because of uh the advisor lab or the podcast just to be clear <laughs> yeah yeah I, and i want to you know while we're talking about this it's it's worth pausing for a second to like walk you through what the value is let's imagine you're going to pay 3200 bucks a year to be part of the elite advisor lab or whatever that somebody get the calculator 275 or whatever it is jim is not in charge of the math for sure no, I, I don't have it but <laughs> but the reality is what what is the number brad well what did you say 3200 3300 you were close okay. i was close um <laughs> I mean, look, that's like one client. Like we have people acting like, you know, like I'm so amazed by advisors who are so stinking cheap about this stuff. Like commit some resources to invest in yourself. You have a chance, like you have a chance to peel the onion back or open the hood on three practices, three different practices. That's like worth 50 grand. Like I would pay I pay $10,000 right now to sit down with any $100 million advisor and like get every system and process they do because there's going to be something in there that makes me better. And that one something that makes me better is going to exponentially grow my practice. So I would say like if you want to grow, if you want to get better, if you're in this situation where you want to you want to improve, like take the 30-day free trial, see see what you see. But man, oh man, investing yourself, whether it's with us or another coaching program, doesn't matter. Investing yourself and you're going to get better. Jim, I was going to say that also, you know, we're talking about our our program a little bit, but a lot of this, a lot of the program, and I'm sure that longtime listeners can tell point of the podcast is like, you do have to get your mindset around that you have to spend some money. You know, if you want to be more than a lifestyle practice where you just kind of grow at, you know, regular, you know, calm pace, like... The things we talk about, whether it's having a nice office or or having support staff and taking care of them or or doing seminars or whatever it is, like it takes money. And don't confuse that. There's a balance, right? Don't confuse that with saying that throwing money at any problem will fix it because it won't. But what you know, there is a balance between that and saying, hey, like, you know, you can't you got a we workspace and you're doing all your own paperwork you got no coaching program you got no software you door knock all your leads yourself like you're killing yourself to save a penny when you could spend a dollar and have such a better life i think that's the point yeah so all right good one guys all right uh ready for the next uh question let's do it yeah yeah all right the next question um how do i filter all the advice that i'm receiving from other advisors Oh, you only listen to us. That's simple. Next question. <laughs> I like it. What? Yeah. Anything Next else? <laughs> the the most the, like the mouthiest advisors, the ones with the biggest <laughs> opinions, are generally people like three years, four years in, with like five million AUM, who like have so much time and so much opinions that I just wonder sometimes if they spend more time prospecting, they might actually have bigger businesses. So that did it themselves yeah otherwise you're gonna 
have people that have fooled themselves into thinking that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, for example, um, consider the source. That's the best advice I can give. So consider the source. So if you're, you know, how do I, how do I market and grow my business and prospect? And, you know, if you're going to get a, a question, if you're going to you know throw that question out there and you're going to have nine people answer it, but eight of them, they don't prospect, they don't market, they don't get, they, they, they just kind of do this, a little of this, a little of that. You have to consider the source just like you know, we don't give advice on this podcast of of buying businesses because I haven't bought a business, Jim hasn't bought a business, Brad hasn't bought a business. So, hey, if you're interested in acquiring other <laughs> businesses, we can't help you, dude, or or or, or uh, lady. Uh, we we cannot help you. We have we have no experience buying businesses. So, uh, if we're going to sit here and try to coach you on that, I I, I don't think. I don't think it would be worth your time um, because we have no background in that. So. That being said, if you're selling your business, we're certainly interested in learning about buying. <laughs> right. Right. So yes, uh, <laughs> call us up if you want to sell us your business. We are ready yeah, sure. to go on that. No, I, I think um, I think Brad said it. You know, I, I started off with a small person that's mouthy. You got to be careful, like taking their or opinionated, not mouthy. You have to be careful. But the other flip side of that is. Like, you know, there's lots of podcasts out there with guys teaching this that inherited businesses and you have to be careful or, you know, we're the three, we're on a, we're on a, we're on a coaching program or a, a group where, you know, there's like people that have inherited businesses and they want to walk you through how to build your business. Well, like, look, if you got a rich daddy, that's going to leave you, uh, leave you all the money. Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a great way to build a business. But if you don't have it, I don't want to listen to that person about how to do it doesn't mean they're not great at practice management. Like, I'm not saying like ignore them about everything, but understand when you're taking advice, take advice from somebody who's done it before. And like uh, in the realm you're looking at, the best story I can give you is when I started um, back at uh, back at my last firm, when I was a new guy, my trainer uh, was a hundred million dollar producer or not hundred million dollar producer, hundred million dollar practice. And um, I thought he was God, like, right. He's like a young guy. He's there. What I came to found out later was he hired the HR person from, from a company, a pharmaceutical company that was laying off 2000 people. She was laid off. She took the job and she brought like 200 people over. The dude brought like a hundred million dollars in a year over from rollovers, from pension rollovers. Smart. You awesome. <laughs> Show me, find, let's like, like, let, if you can find that for me, I'll do it. But he couldn't teach me how to prospect, right? No, so just be careful. Yeah, yeah, great. That's I think good. We have time for one more question. All right. Um, I will, I'm going to throw out two questions and let you guys pick what, uh, which one you want to handle. So the first one, how do, how do you handle investment models? Do you, um, do you do do you come up with certain models like five or six different models, or do you do custom portfolios for clients? That's question number one. Question number two is, how do you handle centers of influence, giving and getting referrals? Brad, why don't you take one and I'll take two? I was going to say, yeah. Um, so on the investment models piece, absolute absolutely models, especially um, especially for retirement accounts. And so I want to say a couple of things here. One, actually, number one, we're going to go deep, deep, deep dive into this in the Elite Advisor Lab, Century Club, whatever you want to call it. Um, but no, you cannot be doing you sh and should not be doing custom investments for each person 
because there's number one, no point. And number two, it's not scalable. You cannot keep up with it. It's going to drive you insane. Um, obviously, for taxable accounts, you need to be somewhat custom because you have tax considerations for clients. But um, the way that I, I actually explain that it is a model to clients and prospects in a way that ends up with saying, I actually tell them, this might sound cookie cutter, cookie cutter to you, and it is, but there's a good reason for that. And I'll use an example of, um, we'll just say, now, I full disclosure, I don't use this fund, which is why I'm using it as an example. Um, let's just say that I believe that Fidelity Contra Fund is the best large cap value fund out there, right? Well, if I want large cap value in my portfolio, you would want me to use the best one in your account, right? Jane or Susie or Karen? Greg, that's where Karen went to my practice, uh, <laughs> right? And they shake their head like, hey, if I have this, if I think this is the best, you know, if I think Chiquita makes the best type of bananas and that's the bananas that are in my home, if I do your grocery shopping, you would want me to buy you the same bananas I feed my family, right? Always gets a yes, always gets, oh, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. It also helps you then when they come in with the question of how often do you look at my account? Listen, if I run all, and I, you know, obviously explain asset allocation and how, you know, if I'm more aggressive, I might have more of this piece, you might have more of that piece, but they're all the same pieces. So how do I, how often do I look at your account? I know everyone has the same pieces. So when it's time to change a piece for me, it's time for me to change a piece for you too. So constantly. So great. Yes. Great. Yes. Models more yes. later. And, and, yeah. Yes. And so that's the, the elite advisor lab. Brad's going to take a deep, deep dive into that. Um, and so for all the advisors out there that are that are creating, recreating the wheel for every single prospective client, oh, we'll give you a brand new portfolio. So everybody gets something different. It sounds good, but it's not scalable. Yeah. I need three Brad's more hours show you, for this question. Brad's going to show you a simple, <laughs> he's going to show you a simple, effective way to do this that you can yep. explain it to clients that's easy for you and that you don't have to apologize for. Um great what was the what was the next question? I kind of I as I was listening to Brad I forgot. <laughs> no problem. Uh centers of influence. So giving and getting referrals. How do we handle these relationships? Yeah, let's why don't you and I both grab that and then we're we'll we'll, we'll wrap up. I think this will be a good one. You know, for me I've not I've not been hyper successful here. I I realize ultimately that um estate planning attorneys uh, the way they grow their business is from financial advisors. The reality is they've got 25 advisors who are sending them business um, or some variation of that. There's more of us than them. And and we are usually the conduit for that. So I don't have a huge expectation. But I, I have gotten uh, referrals from realtors and I have gotten referrals from CPAs. And I think the way you do this is by building trust over time. And it, it's not a really quick process. I think you sit down with them, you ask them who their ideal client is, uh, and then you act in a professional manner to them. You should expect that they act to you in a professional manner, and you need to lay out the guidelines. Like when I send you somebody, I expect you to return their phone call, and I expect you not to refer them to somebody else. So for me, that's how I've uh, I've established it over time. It's taken, you know, it takes years sometimes to get these relationships there. If you can find somebody who's young and trying to grow, who can attend seminars with you, and who wants to help market, that's great. But that's generally in that field, they are not A-type personalities. So that's been my experience. How about you, How about you, Greg? Yeah, um, it, it's interesting you mentioned that about estate attorneys, because I, I can count on one hand the, the amount of referrals that I have received from estate attorneys over the years. And when I got into this business, I thought that was going to be like a gold mine, you know, with all the people inheriting money and that kind of thing. 
Um, so one thing I'll say is, is don't have, I, I would recommend not having just one a state attorney that you recommend business to go and interview, you know, and call them up, you know, if you, if you haven't already and develop relationships with, with them and say, Hey, I'm looking to interview. I'm looking to know the best estate attorneys in my area. And, and your name keeps coming up, you know, can we go to lunch or, you know, have a, a, a you know, a face-to-face -face meeting and interview these people. So estate attorneys, um, you know, uh, mortgage brokers, you know, are good to know as well. Uh, real estate agents, uh, CPAs or accountants, they don't have to be CPAs. They can be an enrolled agent, um, you know, doing taxes as well. Um, you know, uh, people in the, in, uh, uh, that are health insurance experts. So, you know, think like uh, Medicare. So I work with a lot of pre-retirees and retirees. It's good to have somebody who, you know, knows, you know, from A to Z, you know, Medicare benefits, uh, supplement plans, Medicare Advantage that can kind of walk you through and the client through what's best for them. Um, I've gotten quite a few referrals from um, my Medicare person, same thing with uh, a C. Is it, what it comes down to is relationships with these people, and 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 so where I've had success is including them and the client in on a meeting together, and I will actually invite the person to my meeting with the client, um, and include them in the process. So kind of they have a seat at the table, so to speak, um, and it makes the client feel like, hey, they got a they're working with a team right? It's a team approach. So that's where it has been successful for me. But honestly, at the end of the day, uh, what you'll find in this business is for every 10 referrals you give out, probably you'll get one back. So yeah, I mean, I think you said it really well. It's it's this about the relationship, but this should not be your primary focus, at least initially on building your business. It should be something over time you work to develop an, an extra funnel out there. And if you can find, like, we all know people, you've heard of these magical people develop these relationships and all of a sudden they get a ton of business. But that is an outlier kind of opportunity, not always the uh, something you can just do through hard work. So right. gr great points. Guys, I, uh, I think these are great answers and great questions. I want to encourage our listeners uh, to keep these questions coming. Again, remember, you can ask them right on the website, vfaedge.com. You can also learn more about the Elite Advisor Lab. Go out there to vfaedge.com, find the Elite Advisor Lab, learn all about what we're doing. Now, look, iron sharpens iron. If you're if you're trying to become an elite advisor, if you want to grow, if you want to get better, this is the group for you. But hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.